by for action. Anything can happen in the next hour. Sit yourself down, strap yourself in, as you're going to be listening to Armitage on the Paranoid Squirrel Rock Show, where over the course of the next hour, you'll be exposed to music that you should hear on the radio, but don't. Evening all and thank you Mike Lang for the last 60 minutes of his time here on Rock Radio UK. Welcome to another hour's worth of cool tunes that will take you up to the start of the weekend. And as the man said, my name's Armitage, your genial host. Kicking things off this week will be The Objects, who are a rock and roll band based in Stockholm that feature members of Imperial State Electric. Indeed, Nicky Anderson played a guitar solo on the track Highly strung with the others coming from The Baboon Show and Sling Blade. Next month, the band will be releasing their debut 7-inch on Ghost Highway Records. However, popping over to their Facebook page, as one does in this day and age when researching bands, I discovered that the objects have been a going concern since at least 2012. It looks like an album was released around the same time that I was unable to locate and purchase. So... I messaged the band, who replied more or less straight away, with the answer that uh, what so far has been recorded and is up on SoundCloud and YouTube are only demos, and that the aforementioned 7-inch will be their official debut of anything under brand objects. In the meantime, here's their demo of Goodbye to the High Life.
talking of Nicky Anderson as it was, Grand Royale's brand new Nicky Anderson produced album, Breaking News, is out on the 25th. So far, we've had three singles taken from it, Gotta Move, Break Light and Rock and Roll Business, all of which you've heard right here on previous Paranoid School Rock shows. Well, you can add a fourth in the shape and form of Know It All, which came out on Monday. Accidentally neglected after raving about them when I first saw them supporting Wilco Johnson at the Camden Palace back in March 2013 are a 
rounds rapid. Unfortunately, a brace of recent London gigs were cancelled due to bad illness. The second full-length album, however, Objet Jar, was released through Cadiz in March, from which this track, Pillars, has been taken. You have a determined spirit that makes you go about completing goals that are steps to success. gigs over the last month. I think Azimovil at the Unicorn on the 7th of July was my last outing into the live arena. Last Wednesday, Black Bombers and Neon Animal were up at the Nambuka supporting the Blue Carpet Band. But with a midnight curfew and the work the next day, it wasn't practical to attend in hindsight. I guess I could have technically left after Black Bombers. But then the Blue Carpet Band have been on my must-go-and-see list for a while now um, that I have been failing to tick off. Uh, a couple of days later, I missed Dave Cussworth at the Hope and Anchor as part of Timmy Dorella's Rockaway Beach Club. And we're in the six degrees of separation. Black Bombers drummer Dave Twist and Dave Cussworth were both in TBI, but you knew that. It's a shame 
that the bombers weren't on the Rockaway Beach Bill. Now, not really a matter to me because I was sitting at home. Uh, the next time it's viable for me to catch Neon Animal is either on the 7th of October at the Unicorn in Camden or on the 12th down in Canterbury at the Lady Luck, which would please friend of the show and squirrel associate Arkwright as it's only a bus journey away from him. From Neon Animal's debut album, Bring Back Rock and Roll from the Dead, this is Bedtime Stories.
Unfortunately, it doesn't look like Black Bombers are venturing or straying too far from their native Birmingham for the next few months. I guess once HS2 has reached Birmingham in 2026, it'll only be a 50-minute train journey from London. The fact that I'll be 61 doesn't come into the equation. Fuck me, I'm old. Uh, If you don't know, the prime meal racket of Black Bombers contains elements of the Damned, the Stranglers, Chiswick era, Motorhead and the Stooges. The band's self-titled debut album that was released in May of last year is available from Easy Action Records and consists of nine tracks, 11 if you include the single versions of Crazy and That Kind. I have it on CD, but there is a limited um, vinyl version that I think is uh, still available. Annoyingly... I struggle when I listen to it. I don't know why, but it lacks loudness. I don't know if it's something happened during the mastering or the fact it's not not final, but it doesn't grab me by the balls dragging me down to Monday. Something that does happen when you go and see them live. Perversely, the studio tracks that are up on YouTube sound fine, lending more credence to a problem with the mastering. I should just get it on vinyl and be done with it. <laughs> Black Bombers and Break It Down. I know what you're thinking, that it sounded fine. Well, that's because I ripped it, the audio from YouTube. Funnily enough, I have the same problem with Let's Go Lost Pepe's last CD. That also lacks bite. Uh, as I alluded to earlier, I've not had the pleasure of seeing the Blue Carpet Band live. When I first heard of them, 
The name put me off. Apparently, they were named after the flea-bitten flooring in their Tottenham rehearsal space. However, news of them kept cropping up on my Facebook news feed with friends and acquaintances checking them out and reporting back with glad tidings. Long-time fellow gig-goer Andy Luckett came up with this statement. A hypnotic mix of sleazy, stooges, dead boys, rock and roll, rockabilly Elvis, married to a garage punk hooker. The band are right up my street, banging on my front door and barging their way in. Suffice to say, their debut album, Rock and Roll Carpet, that came out on Flickknife Records back in February, quickly found its way into my record collection. Here's the title track. Carpet Band will be in London next as part of an evening with Flickknife Records at the New Cross Inn on the 21st of October. Other bands on the bill are the Morgellons, Hung Like Harati, Wills and the Willing with Spitz Energy headlining the whole shebang. It seems all three of the surviving Ramones are either in Europe, touring, or will be in a matter of days. I've literally just seen Richie Ramone at the Underworld in Camden. More on that next week. Once I've digested it with CJ at the self-same venue on the 26th. The only Ramone conspicuous by his UK absence is Marky. His last visit was back on the 26th of June 2011. Recently, Bloodlights guitarist, vocalist Captain Poon was part of Marky's Blitzkrieg band. Although this time round, he doesn't appear to be. I'm going to play something from Marky, because obviously next week will be Richie, and then a few weeks after that, it will be CJ's turn. The track for your consideration is, don't blame me, from Marky Ramone and the Intruders, a 1999 album, The Answer to Your Problems, that features Joan Jett duetting with Intruders bassist vocalist Ben Troken. <laughs> ¶¶ 
could almost pass off as a New York Dolls track. I picked up, at the beginning of this week, the Rolling Stones complete British radio broadcast 1963 to 1965, 4-1-3. I'm surprised that nothing has been forthcoming from Auntie B until now. Admittedly, four BBC tracks cropped up on the Super Deluxe 7-inch of Grrr back in 2012. I have read over the years that the Stones had been approached about a BBC release, but on each occasion weren't interested. Uh, some sessions were feared lost or wiped, but thankfully 30 tracks have been recovered. The range from uh, Saturday Club to live concerts at the Empire Paul and the Maida Vale Studios. I was hoping for Dust My Pyramids that was written by Brian Jones and Keith Richards, but sadly this was not to be. The Rolling Stones' second single that was released in uh, 1st of November 1963 was I Want to Be Your Man that had been written by Lennon and McCartney that would see Ringo Starr handling vocal duties on the version that appeared on With the Beatles that was released a mere 21 days later. The Stones version is certainly more R&B when R&B actually stood for something musical uh, with Brian Jones' distinctive slide guitar and Bill Wyman's driving bass to the fore. The version that appears on the complete broadcast was recorded live on the Saturday Club 8th of February 1964 and sounds like this. Listening to Armitage on the Paranoid Squirrel Rock Show, whatever that is, but you'd be nuts to listen to anything else, I tell you. Know what I mean?
just heard the Rousers and their version of the Beatles' She Loves You from the bonus and outtake section of the a Treat of the New Beat CD, the album of which, minus the bonus and outtake material, was originally released in 1980. Great pleasures. The band, formerly known as Beast Milk, will be releasing Mother Blood, their follow-up to 2015's Dream Crash and first for Century Media Records in late September, early October. A single from said album was released last Friday called Infatuation Overkill, which is also available to download for free if you pre-order the album. Shut tight, exploding tears Bite the bullet between your teeth 
so it looks like if infatuation overkill is anything to go by mother blood will have more songs about zygest in freefall voyeurism all-consuming ego fixation with self-image descent into mass schizophrenia obsession and omnipresent violence lust and mania sounds like a typical friday or saturday night out in croydon i can say that as i was raised and lived in the borough for 22 years as i said on last week's show, CJ Wildheart's third pledgeable album, Blood, was ready for download the day before episode 563 aired. Unfortunately, this didn't leave me any real time to listen to it properly, so, you know, wanting to give it my full considered opinion, I bumped it to this week. I have already played the track Kiss It on episode 561, with me not really commenting on it, apart from saying that I hadn't pledged for Ginger's Mutation 3, as that style of music doesn't really do it for me. More power to Ginger and all that, but as you know, I prefer his more power pop work. It seems Ginger Wildhearting guitarist cohort CJ has also been building up to his own version of extremism. Not on the same scale as Ginger, but over the course of his last three albums, the power popness has slowly been replaced with a much harder attacking a guitar sound. I don't think CJ has caught any people, you know, off guard, and the vocals unmistakably belong to him. Reading his thoughts on the album, it seems he is extremely happy with the results. So much so, he has already started on the follow-up to Blood that uh, has the working title of Siege. Now, obviously, I'm going to play a track from Blood. Normally, a song will stick out like a sore thumb screaming, Play me, play me! But with Blood, all ten tracks are vying for our attention. So I've settled on 50% Indian, just because that's the one I find myself looking forward to hearing the most. <laughs> Washed up on the beach, 1982 A mokey looking kid with an attitude Feeling out of place in this foreign town The waves come crashing down, a lot of trouble around Smells it from my mouth, got your stank of glue With your hair and your jacket and your big black boots Marching down the road like you own this place Just acting like a muppet from the master race
I've been sitting on a couple of albums of late, unsure when it would be appropriate to play something from them. The reason being, they're both hardcore, and as you know, that genre is not really my forte. However, sometimes a band will stir up enthusiasm where previously there was none. Back in 1985, a band accidentally started the crossover scene that fused together elements of hardcore punk and thrash metal. The band in question was Stormtroopers of Death, more widely known as SOD, that featured from Anthrax Scott Ian and Charlie Benente, former Anthrax bassist Dan Luca and Psychos bassist Billy Milano on vocals. Their debut album, Speak English or Die, took off like a North Korean missile and caused just as much as a furore, with accusations of anti-feminine lyrics and racism, which turned out to be unfounded, I think. Taking the piss on the other hand, yeah, guilty as charged. I love this album, with a couple of tracks making their way into Howling Mad rehearsals. The band only lasted about a year, with Anthrax on the road to promote spreading the disease and Dan Luca igniting nuclear assault. When I saw Anthrax at Hammersmith Palais in May 1986, there was much calling out for SOD, with Scott Ian telling us that it was now a method of destruction and Billy's band. A year later, saw MOD's debut album, USA for MOD, released on Megaforce Records. USA for MOD was pretty much the template for the second SOD album, had it been recorded, which was going to be called USA for SOD, with some riffs and lyrics used on Anthrax among the living. Are you keeping up? Anyway... MOD have been playing gigs sporadically for the last decade. Indeed, their last album, Red, White and Screwed, came out in 2007 when George W. Bush was still president. Obviously, Billy had no beef with Mr. Obama as MOD's latest and, according to Mr. Milano's last album, Busted, Broke and American, finally saw the light of day at the beginning of last month. If truth be told... I only bought it out of habit and to keep my MOD collection complete. If I'm in an MOD mood, the chances are it will be the debut that I will play. Musically, the band still sound the same. But whereas back in the day, MOD were taking the mick and being politically incorrect, their subject matter has gone a full 180 degrees and now the band find themselves singing about politicians being politically incorrect and taking the Michael out of American people. Bookending the album, our speeches... At the beginning, it's from Eisenhower with JFK closing it. Here's Go Go Revolution.
of SOD and MOD, there was an upsurge of interest in New York hardcore bands such as Agnostic Front, Cro-Mags, Crumbsuckers, DRI, Murphy's Law, myself included. It was almost like our generation's punk moment. Uh, for us in the UK, we were just coming out of the new wave of British heavy metal. Venom and Discharge were the two most aggressive bands that we had at the time. Back in New York City, Todd Youth seemed to get embroiled in the hardcore scene, but I didn't really get to hear about him until he joined Degeneration in 1996, and then when he formed the Chelsea Smiles in 2004. I did cream my pants when it was announced that he, along with Ginger Wildheart, would be joining the Michael Munro band. Unfortunately, his tenure only lasted a few American shows before he joined Ace Freely. On Halloween last year, it was announced that he, along with John Joseph of the Chromax, Nick Oliver of X of the Queens of the Stone Age and Joe Castillo, former Danzig drummer, had formed Blood Clot. An album was recorded called Up in Arms. The title track was released in January, which I've already aired. The album isn't something I naturally gravitate towards. I think you've already got the picture. To redress the fabric in time and space, continuum, I will play some Chelsea Smiles next week. In the meantime, here's Blood Clot and Slow Kill Genocide. <laughs> You better hit this 
about you, but those last few tracks have plum tuckered me out. Fortunately for me, my bed is approximately 10 feet above my head. All right, I have to get it via the hall, some stairs, the landing, taking a quick comfort break in the bathroom on the way, not forgetting to clean my teeth. So it only leaves me once again to thank you for tuning in. I'm going to leave you uh, with the dulcet tones of the Smoggers and the Devil in Me from their Dark Reaction album. Until next week, take it easy. Devil on me.